Ron and Anian. One of the things I always state that a good repair shop can do on an oil change is that ride, that minute ride, that spin around the block. They're looking for that problem, that small problem, before it becomes a bigger one. The Car Doctor. You know what BMW stands for, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Bavarian money waster. And after owning one, you sort of understand that. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900. And now, I'm the car doctor. But I'm not going to take this anymore. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ronnie Andy and the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Let's talk about your car and its problem. Whatever you've got going on, fender to fender and door to door. That's what this radio show is about and has been for the past, well, uh, 27, 28 years. Um, it's just an ongoing process, just trying to learn about your car problem and trying to understand it so that I can give you the answer. That's what this radio show does and has done and will always continue to do. 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, let's get it solved. It's just going to be us um, basically standing in, the, standing in the corner of the shop and talking about your car. I was in the shop this week, and um, I want to go here real quick because the phones are already backed up. You know, part of what this radio show does is we, we, we try to make difficult simple, all right? And it's it's just that important because every problem can be whittled down to an understandable level. At least you know why you're changing the part. You should prove that. And that's, that's what a good diagnosis is about. And uh, you need to understand that and think about it. I, I, I chuckle when I still talk to people and phone calls and emails and conversations and you know, they, they, they replace essentially five, six, seven hundred, a thousand dollars worth of parts, and the problem isn't better. And I say, why did you pay for a diagnosis? And the answer I always get is, I don't want to spend any money unnecessarily. Uh, <laughs> you know, because the problem is, not everything is what it appears. And, you know, I've been saying this for a while now. The new sign in the shop is going to be everything is going to take longer than you think, and it's way more complicated than you can imagine. Because it is. It's a car. It's got a computer attached to it. It's got, you know, human thought process attached to it. Either the guy that designed it, built it, drove it, or broke it, or the guy who tried to fix it before you got to it. So you've got to really, you know, diagnose it. I don't care what you do. You've got to diagnose it each and every time. This 04 Volkswagen Golf was in the shop a couple weeks ago. We did we did a cooling system hose. It's this three-pronged hose that's over on the driver's side attached to the cylinder head and you know one of the one of the disdains I have for Volkswagen is it's not just, you know, listen, it's 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 easy to say things about Volkswagen and kind of chuckle because VW virtually worthless. We get that, all right? That's but you know part of that's the show too. You know my job is to kind of make you laugh, but you have to look at how the company backs up the product and that's a lot of the frustration. Um, we had to look up this cooling system hose. So, you know, to make the job harder, you, you talk to the dealer and they say, well, it could be one of four hoses on that side of the car. You'd really have to give us better information. Well, I could send you a picture. Well, that won't help. You know, can you give us a number off the hose? And long story short, no, because the number had gone away. There was nothing discernible you could read. And I finally identified it and found it on my own. 
put the hose on the car, bled the cooling system, shipped it, gone, done, down the road. Another one out the door. Two weeks go by. Phone rings. Customer. Hey, you know, and those two words, every mechanic hates to hear. Ever since, of course, ever since. Ever since we did the cooling system hose. And and I'm not being fair to Bob. Bob was pretty good about it. He said, you know, he goes, I know it's easy to say and jump up and get in your grill about, you know, it's ever since you did but I just got to start the conversation that way. Ever since we did the cooling system hose, the air conditioning hasn't worked. Okay. One thing I know in this business is you're obligated to check your work. I don't care what the customer has concern. And it's, it's just something you have to do. We did exhaust on a Subaru this week, banged it out. I did it. It was... I mean, it came out perfect. I painted it. I polished it I because I paint my exhaust. I don't want it to rust any faster than it has to. Shipped it down the road. Car was bone stock quiet. Next day, I get a phone call. Hey, there's a lot of noise in the back of the car. Well, you know, and I'm scratching my head. And right away, the mechanic's ego comes out. Oh, no, it couldn't be anything I did. Bring it by. They bring it by. Put it up in the air. I, I don't hear anything. The noise isn't there. You put it in gear, you hear a noise. The motor mount is so soft that when you put the car in drive and load it, it actually pushes the entire exhaust system backwards. And it's rubbing the mufflers against the, the, the bumper brace. So it's going to have to come back. We're going to have to do some motor mount work and, uh, you know, straighten out a few of the hangers and stuff. But it's there's always a reason why things happen. And I was looking for it because the front pipe had snapped on this Subaru, and I didn't see it. Now I see it. And sometimes that happens. Back to the Volkswagen. So the Volkswagen became, ever since, well, we looked over everything. Now, to make this worse, if it could get any worse, it was a Canadian VW Golf diesel Volkswagen. Okay, so it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a TDI, you know, one of those polluter cars that we all have grown to love. And, okay, so everything in this car is a little different. It's, it's, it's speedometers, the odometers in kilometers, and it's, you, so you have to be extra careful. So <clears throat> you're going through, you, you go through data stream, and you're looking for. Well, first, I always print a wiring diagram. Well, how's the component work? Wiring diagram will tell me. I take the wiring diagram. Uh, sensors that had complete access and input on. Uh, besides the obvious, was ambient air temp sense, coolant temp came involved. There were two controllers, three controllers involved in the in the operation of the air conditioning clutch. What made it work? What didn't? And then the fan controller module had complete authority. It decided, based on input, whether or not it would apply power to the clutch and, and, and turn the compressor on. So I went through. There was nothing unplugged. I looked at it as best I could on a scan tool. All the sensors were there. Ambient sensor was there. Coolant sensor was there. Everything, you know, had correct reading. One of the problems when you're diagnosing is if you don't understand how the circuit works, sometimes you can make it worse. All right? I used to have a technician. I love him to death. He's a very dear friend. Chris, we used to call him Smokey because back in the early days when we were working together, uh, we always used to say, if anybody could let the smoke out of a computer, it's Chris. We, his nickname was Smokey because it was, you know, charge. <laughs> you know, I, teach him look before you leap. And, 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 and he's actually a national trainer now. He's a very bright guy. It's, 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 it's big stuff. So you always want to look before you leap, right? So I did some research. Well, first I tested. I had 12 volts to the com compressor clutch when I turned the AC on, and I had ground. Gee, why doesn't this work? It's, it's, you know, is, it, is it too easy to say that it's a bad compressor clutch? But then when I start the car up, 
the charging system voltage would go to 14 volts, but the voltage feeding the compressor clutch would stay at 12. And I'm thinking, why is there this 2-volt difference? It doesn't make any sense to me. Am I looking at a bias voltage? And if so, is it coming out of the cooling fan control module and it's not applying full voltage because it's seeing something it doesn't like? What, what makes this work? Research time. You know what they said about research, right? Einstein always said, uh, you know, trust me, if you don't understand how something works, to paraphrase him, it was basically, if you don't understand how something works, do your research. It's not, a, it's not an embarrassment to tell somebody you got to do research. Trust me, I had to do mine. And, you know, look at Einstein. So I did some research, and I came up with the fact that the cooling fan control module is looking for a resistance value in order to apply voltage. Look how smart this thing is, right? But you never find this. You really got to dig into the minutia of it. So it turns out the spec was somewhere around 4 to 6 ohms of resistance in order for the control module to decide, hey, it's safe to apply voltage so that I'm not going to do damage to myself and possibly some other component in the system. So yeah, I'm thinking this is a compressor, but you really kind of want to know, especially since, you know, ever since, you know, you're playing the ever since scenario. Thank God for big round headlights, all right, off, off the old school cars. They have a great, they draw about six, seven amps. They're, they're, they're about four and a half ohms resistance, right, across the low beam filament. And um, there's my load. Put the load into the circuit, and Danny would turn on the AC compressor clutch, and I'd watch the headlight come out under the hood. I actually shot a YouTube video of it. I'm going to put it up on YouTube, and um, I haven't done it yet. I haven't gotten around to it. But, you know, I proved that, hey, this is a compressor. Took a video of it. This is a compressor. It's a bad compressor. It's got nothing to do with the hose. It's got nothing to do with ever since. It's just unfortunate sense of timing that, you know, Monday it worked and Tuesday it didn't. And that's just the way it is. But it's the diagnosis that saved the day. And diagnosis is what this industry is about. Diagnosis saves me on many an occasion it'll save you give me a call 855-560-9900 i'm ron and the car doctor i'll be back right after this it's the little old lady from pasadena he drives that way but when it comes to fixing cars ron has car advice done right 855-560-9900 here's ron hey let's get back and over and talk to mick in oregon 03 honda accord milk welcome to the car doctor how can i help Hey, thanks for taking my call, Ron. You're welcome, sir. Um, my son got an 03 Honda Accord with the V6, and he pulled up in the driveway the other day, and he said, hey, Dad, my check engine light came on, and it was really running rough, so he popped the hood. The uh, rubber boot that goes from the air, inbox, or the air box to the throttle body was all cracked, and it looked like it could really been sucking air, and I thought, well, that's probably our problem. So we put a new boot on it, and, I mean, nothing has changed. It's... It's still uh, throwing misfire codes, and um, and it's throwing a, a P1078 and a P1077. I guess that has something to do with the intake manifold runner control. Um, I've done some diagnostic work. What I can do, uh, I checked my scan tool. I was watching the short-term fuel trim on bank one. It gets right up to 22%. And I'm assuming that's one that's set in the codes. The uh, short-term fuel trim, bank two, it's round seven. Compression's good. Vacuum's good. My fuel pressure's good. Um, okay. I kind of don't this, know what to Mick, do now. Do you know, does, it, does this car have a mass airflow sensor? I can't remember. Oh, 03 Honda Accord. I, I think it does. 
Well, if this has a mass airflow, if this has a mass airflow, I'm trying to remember what an 03 Accord V6 looks like. If this has a mass airflow, um, A, look for it on the scan tool, B, look for it under the hood. Uh, you know, that's going to be part of the problem as far as fuel trim. Does it or doesn't it? It looks like it does. Okay. So right now you've got a fresh intake boot on. Did you clear codes? Yes. Okay. Codes come right back? Yes. Okay. So if that's the case, it's showing lean on one bank but not the other. Correct. Are there any misfire faults? Yes. Yes. There's it misfires uh, three, four, two, five, and random. Okay, so, you know, the easy thing is, or the easiest thought, which isn't going to be true in this case, is because it's common, they go through coils. I don't see where this car is going to start, you know, tearing up coils at that level. Usually it's one or two. So right. let, let's solve the fuel trim problem first, all right? Um, be 100% be certain this is a mass airflow car, all right? Okay. If it's, if it's not, all right, then it's a map sensor car. Map sense, map sensor Hondas are very fussy in that mm -hmm. the, the slightest little bit of vacuum change will cause a change in fuel enrichment. All right. Example, I've had Hondas that the valves are actually out of adjustment just the least little bit, and it will, mm -hmm. cause, a, it will cause a change of state in how the MAP sensor reacts to it and cause a, a, a fuel trim condition to the point that it'll create a misfire and make the vehicle run on make the vehicle run rough uneven. Mm -hmm. All right. So keep that in the back of your head. Do you have any propane or an alternate fuel source? I do I, I, I do. Uh, I had some propane. Um, I, I sniffed around a little bit. I couldn't get any fluctuation in the idle uh, of the motor. Um, Oh, wait a minute. You had intake manifold runner control issue, too, correct? Correct. Okay. So let's look at that. Let's focus on that. Now, sometimes with that, the vacuum hose leading to the IMRC rots away and breaks. Uh-huh. Okay. So why don't we go through an intake manifold runner control test, and that's going to be apply vacuum, look for change of state on a scan tool on the voltage. It's a 0 to 5-volt signal, if memory serves me correct. And it's going to be low voltage one way, high voltage the other. It's, it's got to have a an opposite end of the reaction reaction, if you know what I'm saying. Um, let's let's look at the intake manifold runner control. Is the intake manifold runner control stuck? Is it stuck at at, at midpoint, just mechanically stuck? Which is the other thing that they do. Some of okay. these certain model years was internal plastic, and they actually got stuck in the manifold. Um, although most of those were the four cylinders, not the six. Okay. But let's let's look at there's going to be a vacuum line leading up to the uh, vacuum control for the intake manifold runner control. Let's make sure we've got correct manifold vacuum there. Um, I did do a vacuum uh, test on the manifold and it and it was good. Okay. Well, and again, I'm not saying this is uh, right. I'm not a big manifold. I'm not a big va manifold vacuum test guy. You know, I, I got 16 inch, inches, great, okay? You're, you're proving it. You got 16 to 18 inches of manifold vacuum, you still got a lean fuel condition because the engine's able to put out enough manifold vacuum that it's, it's able to produce correct within spec. You've still got a fuel trim problem. So, so on, on this engine, it's like the intake plenum, plenum sits over the entire engine and over the uh, fuel rail. And so 
when, when it was running, it sounds like there's a hissing noise coming from underneath that intake plenum. And I took a air hose, like a three-eighths air hose, and I fished it down there and held it up to my ear. And it, I can hear like a hissing noise under there. Obviously, I can't see under there, but I can hear it. And I don't know if that's just normal part of the engine operation or if there's some kind of uh, leakage underneath there. What do you what do you have for, what do you have for fuel enrichment? Um, what you, do you mean? Well, the, the fuel trim? Yeah, you you got you got a bottle of propane? Yeah, yeah, I got a bottle of propane and I tried to get it down in there. Um as best but, I could. I I'll put a hose on it. Well, and, yeah, so I'll have to come up with the part number. Um there's a there's a I, there's a tool from OTC. Have you heard me talk about this? Yeah, 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 I have. Okay, and I'm telling you, it just makes life so much easier. You're, you're going to get it and go. How'd you ever survive this without? All right, um, it's the old Chrysler Lean Burn Propane Enrichment Tool. Put a put a piece of steel brake line in the end of the hose, peen the end of the brake line as as tight as you want, so it's a pinpoint spritz, and it's it's like having a laser beam shot of propane so you can direct it exactly where you want it to go mm-hmm. if you're going to work on cars you know there's just some basics you got to have you got to have a spark tester you got to have a scan tool you got to have a voltmeter you, you got to have a way to do propane enrichment it just makes life so much simpler if we're trying to do this on the fly without you know getting too too deep into it with expensive expensive stuff uh right. to make it easier for a do-it-yourselfer um uh, but i would do that and you know shoot it down under that intake plenum if if and watch you know, and and think of it like this: take the propane now, shoot propane down the throat of the air intake boot. Watch the okay. O2 sensor. Watch the fuel trim change. Okay. All right. You now know what it looks like, to look right? For. Yeah, right. I know what you, to look for. You know what to look for. Now shoot it under the intake plenum when you get the proper plumbing, if I can say it like that, and you'll know what to look for. And it'll just at least it'll give you a direction. I think you've got a vacuum leak somewhere. I think something has rotted, broken, cracked. That's just hard to see. And propane enrichment is going to be the next step under that intake plenum to verify it. And then, um, you know, then you'll know, and then we can go on looking from there. I'm here next week if you need me. Ron and Andy in the car, Dr. 855-560-9900. Keep me posted. back. We're on the car doctor. Let's go over to Mike in Delaware, 01 Chevy 3500, and some problems in the way the uh, brake booster's working. Mike, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Okay. Uh, two, oh, my gosh. Let's see. The power steering pump is leaking. I replaced the hoses. Okay. And uh, this has, I don't know this, where this, it's, it's, this, it's, it's, this has. This is a hydro boost system, correct, Mike? That's Correct. Okay. Take a breath. Hey, Mike, take a breath. I, I, I think you're a little nervous. Um, it's okay, yes. brother. It's just, yes. listen, nobody really listens to this radio show. It's just you and me. Okay? There's nobody okay. else here right now. All right? So, All right. Uh, so um, go ahead. Talk to me. Tell me what's going on. Well, I'm, I'm dumping power steering fluid in every day. Like, every 20 miles, i got to put fluid in it. Okay. That's a, the, that's so a, I can get around it. That's, that's a pretty good leak, brother. 
So, um, yes. one of two things, either I'm going to have to buy future stock in the power steering fluid company you're using so I can retire, or we're going to have to fix the leak. So, okay. I, I, I'd rather fix the leak because that's really what I'm supposed to do. So, that's correct. you know, does, does, is this leak obvious or is this just like, you know, put your head up against the TV and glory be your heel that just kind of disappears by magic? Is it one of those? Well, it looks like, it looks like it's coming from three places. Okay. Up by uh, where the snow plow mounts. Uh, like underneath where the, uh, I guess where, the, where where the master cylinder mounts. The the, the is it is it leaking from well, the well, area? Yeah, is it one leaking from there from the master cylinder? Right. So it must be a seal in there. Yep. 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 And then I I can't tell you where it's leaking from the tra- uh, from the the pump itself. Okay. But I I replaced the hoses, and I, and the hoses aren't leaking. All right. So, you know, is this a higher mileage truck? Yeah, it's got the 220 on it. Right. So, can I ask you, I'm going to ask a silly question. Mark it down. It's going to be a moment in history, okay? Why can't this be a leak from the hydro boost unit and the power steering pump? It, it, yes, it can. Okay. So your que- I would imagine it is. Right. So your question to me is what? How much? Oh, well, you know. First of all, the, que- the real question is not how much, but can you still get good quality parts? All right, and that's 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 really the whole conversation. So yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, and that's you know what, and I would tell you, I think you're looking for. Let me see. It's been a while since I did a hydro boost unit of that generation, but the last one I did, if I remember right, was. And remember, we're on radio, so no swearing, but I think they were twelve, fifteen hundred dollars, something like that. Just for the hydro boost, okay. And then, and then the power. I brought steering. it to the Chevy deal. I, I I brought it to the Chevy dealer two weeks ago. Right. And uh, what happened was uh, the pitman arm broke on it. Okay. Uh, so right before, here's a story. Right before the pitman arm broke, I was on the turnpike coming back to Delaware, doing you know a little over the speed limit. A little. And I was in a parking lot, and I back put it in reverse. And the pitman arm broke. So so I had a tow to the dealer. Right. And I told them to fix it. Right. And the dealer wouldn't even touch the power steering and the the, the brake stuff. What what okay. I'd why? like to keep the truck. I would like to keep I don't know why. Well, did you ask him? He he wouldn't tell me. So what I'm gonna do is go back to the dealer and talk to the owner of the dealer. Right. Why they did that. Now, and, and understand, you know, that, that, that price on the Hydro Boost unit, it's been a while since I looked it up. One thing I always tell everybody is one thing I can't answer and be accurate is parts pricing. It's just, you know, it's not something I keep in my head. I can tell you what I remember paying for the job, but that job could have been five years ago, and the, world, the world's changed a little bit in five right, years, okay. never mind five days. So, but you're, how about the pump itself? Yeah, pump a good power steering pump's probably three, four hundred bucks. You're probably, I bet you, that's a three thousand dollar job by the time you're done. You know, but you okay, can't. Okay, how about you, the air conditioner compressor? Well, so we're gonna play parts pricing. So let's see, an AC compressor is probably another. And AC stuff is never cheap. I gotta think an AC compressor is five, six hundred bucks. Okay. So why don't we do uh, this? We did, hey, I did hey, the brakes. Hey, Mike. Here's Mike. another question. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Time. Time. Uh, let me talk a minute. Um, why don't we do this? Why don't we ask the dealer, have you been going to this dealer for a while, or is this your first time there? 
No, this is like the second time I went there. Okay. What happened to your last mechanic? Uh, I'm, I'm it, basically. Okay. So why don't we... It's in, a little in, bit too big of a job for me to do. Instead of nickel and diamond this, and we're going to do some of this and some of that, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, why don't we tell the dealer, look, I'm willing to pay you for, I don't know, pick a number, an hour of shop time. Can you look the truck over and tell me what kind of shape it's in and what you think it needs? And then give me some pricing. Give me some estimates. Maybe that's why they don't want to do the power steering because there, there, there's so much involved. You know, maybe it's in such rough shape that they're afraid to touch part A because they know part B is going to fall off next. And they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have an ever since moment. All right. All right. So why do I we... use the truck for snow plowing? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, uh, I'd like to keep it because winter's coming. Well, and and you know what, snow plowing nothing beats the heck out of a vehicle worse than snow plowing. And you well, know, I would th imagine that's why the pitman arm broke. Right. Exactly. So. So would you do that? And uh, I didn't even touch. I didn't even touch the 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 components of the, you know, the front end. Right. Like the shocks and all that. Right. That's another story. Well, so so let's do this, Mike. Because let me let me let me let me let me do this and get you squared away, and then I can move on. Um, let's go talk to the dealer. Listen, I'm trying to form a relationship with you. This is what I want you to say to the guy. All right? Because now you're going to find out whether or not he's a human being. You with me? I want to. Yes. I, I I want. I, I'm trying to form a relationship with you guys. I'm trying to decide what, if any, repairs I'm going to do to my truck. Can I pay you for? A, a, a safety checklist. I'm thinking it's up to an hour of your shop's time to look the vehicle over, come back to me with a report and some estimate to repair of what you think the truck needs now and your best crystal ball explanation for the next three to six months, etc. And see what they say. Okay. And then we'll go hey, from Ron? there. Yes, sir. My sister lives in Dumont. So I'm up there, you know, pretty, pretty often. I was wondering if we could uh, do it in your shop. Yeah, let me let me tell you something, Mike. Right now, the backlog at my shop is is probably two months out. I've got a okay. I, I've got a I've got a long list, brother, and I got to tell you, I just don't do it here on radio. Um, you'd have to call yeah, me. We'd I have understand. You'd have to call me, and we'd have to talk about it. And the bigger concern is getting it there. You know, you're talking about a restoration. Yeah, well, well, you're talking about a restoration. Drive, it sounds like on an 01 on an 01 Chevy. So, Say um, again? you're talking about a restoration on an 01 Chevy that you're not exactly around the corner. I think the point of practicality is is far from it. So, give the dealer okay. a shot, man. You need somebody in your neighborhood. Well, I love the truck. No, I, I love the truck. I understand. By the way, can you I? Know, I, can I'm, I I'm, uh, hey, Mikey, can I tell you I something? Got an emotional attachment to it. Mikey, can I tell you something? Yes. Okay. And and you know and you know I say this with with love and respect, but um, for a guy that couldn't talk at the beginning, you're doing a great job. And I I, I just I have to tell you something. I did lie to you. It's it's not just you and me. You're on uh, seventy something affiliates all across America. So you have a good rest of the afternoon, Mikey. And uh, thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero. Well, you got to tell them that it kind of calms everybody down. And you know, um, but good call, Mikey. Mikey's full of beans. I like that. That's uh, full of fire. Right. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car doctor. Let's get over to Wayne in Virginia. Wayne, where are you in Virginia? Uh, it's a town called Stanton, Virginia. We're right on the, uh, if you look, look at the map and see we're Interstate 81 
that runs north and south, and 64 that runs east and west to right through that intersection. Are, are, are you near Virginia Beach? <laughs> no. No, that's about three and a half, four hours away. Oh, so about you're yeah, three okay. and a half, four hours east. I'm tr- I'm trying to learn the layout of, of of Virginia. They're bringing me down to. I haven't told Tom yet, so don't tell him. But they're bringing me down to Virginia Beach, because um, uh, I, ju- I, I was I was ju- I was just made for sun tanning. But they're going to bring oh, me they're going to bring me place. down there in November for the uh, big annual car show. We're going to do we're going to uh-huh. broadcast from oh, there. From, uh, I was there. I guess it's been. I was there at Christmas two years ago, and it was eighty degrees Christmas day. And Ooh. It was gorgeous. Ooh, I'll have to bring my bathing suit. Anyway, uh, what's going on with you today? What can I help you with? My wife has a 2007 Accord, 2.4 four-cylinder, 112,000 miles. And we, she, we bought it new, uh, and I've pretty much done all the maintenance on it, which it really hasn't required much. But probably six, seven weeks ago it started. Well, she started telling me that it was, it would, would hesitate. and It never would shut off, but you'd go to hit the gas, and, and there would just be nothing there. You further, you push the gas pedal further down, and you get it to downshift into overdrive, or you know, drops the gear, and it, and then it will take back off. <clears throat> but it was just sporadic uh, six weeks ago. I've driven it, <clears throat> excuse me, several times since, and uh, and it would, uh, uh, you, I mean, it, it, it would run fine for a few minutes, and you'd come to a stop sign, hit the gas, and it would be like the engine was starving for fuel. Um, and you'd have to feather a little bit, and finally it would take off, and it would run like a bat out of heck, you know, for the next five or ten minutes, and then they'd do it again. Okay. And it didn't seem to matter if it was hot or cold, or it didn't seem to matter as far as the attitude of the car in terms of uphill, downhill. So, she had, has had a habit of running the thing in when the, into the fuel light coming on. She always runs near empty, and so my... My first thought was possibly a plugged fuel filter. Now there were no there were no no computer codes at this point, so I thought it's a fuel filter possibly going bad or, or stopped. And then uh, the Honda people say, "Well, no, there's no fuel filter on it. Right. A it's it's built into screen, the tank. There's a sock, right? And you yeah, have to pump." So I thought, well, do is maybe because she's run it low so much, the pump has overheated some and it's just going out. So I put a pump in. Okay, and that did, and that didn't um, fix it. Got a, no, right. no, it, it Never ran does. great for 105 miles. And, 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 all over and you thought, hot diggity. Um, and then... Yeah, yeah, and it started again. Right. So, at, now at this point, we started seeing a one or two codes, one of which, um, I'm, I don't have the paperwork in front of me. Um, 2138? Say, say, say that again. Was it a 2138? No, it was something, I'm, I'm thinking, it was something about the O2 sensors, either not seeing one or, you know, too lean or too rich. Lean? Was it, was it too lean? Uh, was, it a, was it a P0171? That sounds right. Okay. Um, but I got, I got them both. You know, I got one. There was a, ultimately, at some point, there was a reading on both the front O2 and the rear or the downstream O2 sensor, okay. which I had replaced <clears throat> both of those four or five months before. Let me, let me, let me ask you something, Wayne. Do you have a scan tool? Mm-hmm. Do you have a scan tool? I do. And can, can, I do. And that's where I'm getting the codes. Can you can you read data stream? Uh, uh, possibly. It's an inexpensive tool, and I, if if it can, I don't know how. I'd have to I'd have to educate myself. Okay. But well, let me. Here, in let the me, meantime, go ahead. In the meantime, I've gotten what possibly is the answer to this thing. I I was pulling my hair out, so I went to the Honda store, and they they drove and they said, "Oh, you need this little device that." 
it's kind of like this this fly-by-wire thing where you know where there's no direct connection between the, the gas pedal and the throttle body. Right, accelerator pedal position sensor. Yeah, they right. said, oh, you need that. So they ordered one. I brought the car in, and it, something about it just didn't sound right. And I asked them, I said, please drive this thing before you start swapping parts. I said, I've already swapped parts, and I'm not too successful at it. So he drove and he said, no, that's not what's wrong with it. Then he gave me a list of things it could be. He said, give us a car for a whole day and let us try to figure it out. And then I could just see the meter running. So I said, well, let me let me see what I can come up with. Um, thankfully, they didn't charge me for the time they spent. But one of the things that they initially, one of the things they mentioned in the, in the, the, the list was possibly a, the timing chain was bad. And I thought, Gee whiz! I mean, I, I, at first I scoffed at the idea that how could a how could a steel a timing chain, not a belt, how could a chain cause this? A long story short, I wound up taking it to it. Now we've not fixed the car yet, but I, I went through as much as I drained all the fuel tank. I thought maybe there's maybe there's bad gas, maybe there's water in it after all. So I I got every drop of gas out of it, even even wiped the sun gun down with a rag on the inside. Put fresh gas in. Yeah. Didn't fix it. Didn't fix it. So I, I tell you what, I Wayne. Wayne. It. Wayne. Stop. Go stop. Ahead. Stop. 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 Go stop. Ahead. Let me pull over. Take a pause. When we come back, we're only going to have two and a half minutes. So let me let me answer some questions and get you going before the end of the hour runs out. All right, brother. I'm Ron and the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Let's go over and talk to Wayne. Wayne, you're still there, brother. Wayne. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm here. So let's do yes or no answers. So let me ask you this. Okay. We, we, we think this is setting a lean fuel condition fault code, correct? Possibly. Let's yes. work with that, all right? Okay. When the dealer looked at this and drove it, okay, this is going to be more than a yes or no answer. Did they drive it? Did they experience the actual problem? That is a yes or they, no answer. They, yes, they did uh, when they were preparing to put in this other this other part and okay. the mechanic came back and said no. Okay, so it's not that. Was. Okay. So so you know, you've got a lean fault code, or so we think. All right. So let's work with that. You know now, I, I have I, another diagnosis if that'll help. Go ahead, real quick. Another another local mechanic has said long story short, he said your your timing chain is stretched. Okay. On the basis of and what? He ran. A, he put his uh, Snap-on scan tool on, and he spent some time, I guess, looking at the data stream. And he had he had seen this once before, or maybe a couple times before, to where you give it, you, you try to give it gas, and, and it and it's just like there's just no fuel, uh, and then it comes back, then it goes away, then it comes back, but it doesn't generate any codes because there's not a sensor involved, except the sensor is reading the the end result of this. Um, where the, you know the valves are not open and closing as as they're supposed to, given the you know the other operating conditions of the engine. Okay, that's what he says, and and we're preparing to to dr- drop it off this uh, this week, this Tuesday, and he's going to take the measurements and then right. go from there. Okay, listen, I, I I respect everybody's diagnosis. If if he's looking at the numbers and he's saying timing chain, then you got to go with that. All right. The question you got to ask him before you spend the money is, will this fix the car? The one thing I want to point out is somebody's hopefully been looking at fuel trim. There's a bunch of things to consider if it is a lean fuel condition. I'm not saying a chain's not it, but there are other things to look at. Let's look at them first before we spend money on a chain. I'm Ron Anning, the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Down the road. 